Welcome to the Working Moms Podcast, featuring inspiring stories and resources for the modern working mom. I'm your host, Pamela Moss, estate planning attorney, mom, and owner of Law Mother. All right. So today's guest is Krista Gano. She is a producer, a director, a writer. She is CEO of Working Artist Group and Innovative Improv Solutions. Welcome, Krista. Hi, Pam. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Um, So I would love to get started and kind of just hear kind of your journey. I know you've had a long, successful career in the entertainment industry and kind of what what brought you into it and kind of your background in, in the entertainment industry? Uh, so, I mean, I, I think I've wanted to be in entertainment since I was born. I'm sure my mother would tell you that has always been the case. Um, but truthfully, I, when I left, when I, uh, left college and I started in Hollywood, I started as a personal assistant to, um, a celebrity and I was with, uh, that family for about four years. And that really cemented the idea that I wanted to be, especially on the business side of things, in addition to the creative. And from there, I uh, became the, uh, I went on to uh, mentor under uh, Tony Award-winning director, producer for theater, Stephen Icke, and he was just a fantastic mentor. And then after that, I went on to be the executive director of the uh, world, they call it the world famous Groundlings Theater, uh, which is a comedy and improv uh, training ground, honestly, for most of the writers, in the, a lot of the comedic writers in Los Angeles, and usually about half the cast and writing staff of SNL tends to be pulled from the groundlings. So I was with, I, I led that organization for a long time and also led them into their corporate training um, in a big way. And then when I left there and moved to Denver uh, is when I partnered with one of the alumni from the groundlings and we started Innovative Improv Solutions, which we use the uh, experiential exercises, um, some based in improv, to really help companies with uh, better communication and elimination of emotional waste and really moving forward efficiently through communication. And then um, I, I had someone find me when I was in Denver and said, uh, hey, we could use someone to talk to us about the business and how we sort of sort uh, ourselves out as actors. And um, and artists of all kinds, because now I work with writers and all kinds of folks. And and I thought, okay, absolutely. I've always found this niche of being able to help sort of administration or the, the, the brains of an organization really understand their artists and how to communicate better and to and, and to leverage their talent and then how to help artists communicate better to make sure their needs are met so that they can be as creative as possible. So those are the things that um, I, I, I did with both Innovative Improv and Working Artists Group. And we have actors now all over the country who are, uh, were, well, were working successfully before the pandemic. And we expect that they will go back to work when they can. And, um, and then I decided I'm not creatively met meeting my needs. So I directed a film and now I've been directing and writing and we have a full feature. My, my, uh, my work wife, Laura Carson and I have um, a feature that is being shopped right now and we hope to sell it soon. So uh, that's, I was a lot in a very short period of time. <laughs> I love it. And there's a few things I want to follow up with. There's um, okay. the first piece I wanted to follow up with was kind of this transition that you made 
from Los mm-hmm. Angeles to Denver. And yeah. um, what what kind of brought you in that path? What kind of was kind of the the reason that you did that? Yeah, you know, my husband's a is a musician, so we're both arts workers, and that was a very bold step to take. And the only thing I can tell you about why we did it, I mean, we're very glad we did, but in the moment, uh, it had to be hormones from the baby. (laughs) I did. I had this moment where Cade, my oldest, kicked in my belly. And I looked at my husband and said, I can't raise him in Los Angeles. We have to find another solution. And we had been looking around at smaller cities for a while, knowing that eventually that was going to be the move. My executive contract was coming up. And so I said, we either do it now or I sign another contract and we're here for another two to three years. So we made the choice to jump when Cade was only two months old. We'd moved that child across country. <laughs> I love that. And I, I, I was wondering, because this is the Working Moms podcast and I know some of our listeners um, have made career changes. And one of the things that has always impressed me about you Um, one is the way that you balance the creative brain and the business brain, which you kind of have described and kind of that evolution Mm -hmm. and then how your career and your family life, how you, how you seem to continue to invent, reinvent in a way that kind of supports that. And at least from an outsider, I, I am like, wow, that's so amazing. And so kind of pulling out some of those pieces of those stories you mentioned, you know, you, you came out here because of the, the brain kind of, of, of the, the baby brain, which I can totally relate to right now. Um, when you came out here kind of being this, you know, you really are a leader in the entertainment industry and now kind of away from Los Angeles, was it a struggle at first or were you able to kind of get your bearings and kind of invent yourself here? No, it was a big struggle at first. I, I used to wake up and granted again, you know, you, ha- you know what it's like. You, I have a two-month-old. We, when we moved here, we had that slew of uh, blizzards right in a row. So we, did, we had snow up to our chest, literally. And I was like, what did we do <laughs> to our lives? <laughs> and and, uh, and we, we moved here in savings. We didn't have jobs. I mean, I, I had started, in, I had just started Innovative Improv. And um, we just figured that, you know, we would be okay. And, um, and I think that during that, I look back at that time as this really sweet time, actually, of getting acclimated to a new place and trying to figure it out. And, but, but no, we blew up our lives. Absolutely. And, and, and had to reinvent ourselves from the ground up. And that was, um, you know, I'm so glad we did it. I mean, I'm so glad we risked that and did it, but it was very scary for sure. And you kind of, you just said, you know, you're so glad you did that. And I'd love to hear more. Like why, why was it worth it to take that risk? And like, how has your life granted with the pandemic, things have changed a little bit. We'll talk about that, but pre-pandemic from Los Angeles to here, like how, how has that looked? How has taken that leap um, kind of paid off for you? Well, I mean, first of all, the lifestyle is just so different. You know, I feel we were, I, I, I mean, in terms of the family piece and being a mom, this was absolutely the right choice for us. Not saying that raising kids in LA is not possible. And I know lots of fantastic moms out there who are kicking butt doing it. <laughs> but uh, for us, it wasn't the right choice. And, and so, um, and really we were, I feel like I was on the cutting edge of being able to say to Hollywood, like, listen, we don't have to 
I don't have to be there <laughs> all the time. Like I, there's a plane, I can fly where I put my head is none of your business. Like, you, you know, and so um, I, I think that now actually due to the pandemic, that has actually been the blessing of this is now no one cares where you are. They get it, you know, and it's fine. So there've been doors open to us that were previously closed. So it's actually, that's actually the a great blessing of this time. But um in the time then when we first moved, I really thought I was going to be an at-home mom for a while. And I loved doing that. I loved it. It was so great. And then um, the entrepreneur in me just was too restless to, to have that be what I did. And again, like I so bow down to the moms who do that. It just wasn't my path. And, um, but what we chose to do, Pam, and I chose, we chose it before we moved here and we chose, I choose it almost every year is I sit down and I go, I want to design my life and then I want to put my career around it. And that's what we did when we moved here. When we were here, I said, what kind of job or what kind of company can I create that can support the life that I want to lead? And sometimes, as you know, as an entrepreneur, it really works out and I get, I have so much freedom and other places as an entrepreneur, you work your patootie off due to that choice. So, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I love what I do. I love Usher. I love taking artists who are young and I don't even mean young in age, just young in the business and teaching them how to be successful. I love watching those light bulbs go off. I love working with executives who have communicated a certain way for their entire careers and then watching a light bulb shift and their entire career change before their eyes in one moment. I love those things. So I, I wouldn't give it up for anything. And I know you kind of mentioned kind of this melding of the creative brain and the business brain. And you were saying that, you know, kind of some of your directing and producing and writing is now like, okay, I need to kind of itch that for me. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of how, what that process was like for you and, and how you kind of itched that? I think the great thing about being a creative person and many women, we are just naturally awesomely creative. So we just need to claim that. But I think the idea about the fantastic thing about being a creative person is that it doesn't go away and you can put it aside. Like you, like when I, certainly when the babies were babies, uh, that was something that my creativity looked different, but when they started to get old enough to sort of roll their eyes at me um, <laughs> and really not care what I was doing that day, I, um, you know, I started, we started producing films and, uh, and at that point, you know, the first film I directed, which I also helped Laura to write, I helped her develop it. Um, I kept saying, let's have this person d- d- direct. How about this person? How about this person? I'll- about this person because I was so used to being in the producer role or the admin role or all of those things and and she finally looked at me and she said I want you to direct and I was like uh no okay let's just try three more people and then when all three of them weren't available she said I think the universe is saying it's you and I and what I appreciate the thing one of the things I love so much about being creative and actually just being an entrepreneur is that space and risk that beautiful space that you get to where you are scared out of your mind, but equally excited and there's nothing saying no. Mm. It is like, those are, that's a magical moment 
to say yes every time. And, uh, and uh, you know, I did. And now I'm, I, you know, now we're looking, at, we're working on our fourth collaboration and we have the film, we, the, the feature we wrote. Um, which, you know, when we did our reading for charity, we had celebrities that, you know, involved and attached and it's, so it's been very, very, very cool. So for, um, kind of just to follow up and kind of, oh, we got a kitty. (laughs) Family life right there. You said, you you said, you said do it in a quiet room, but I don't know if I can stop that. It's totally fine. That's totally fine. Um, and for those listening there, we have a nice little kitty on screen so you can watch the video. Um, so for kind of art workers and entrepreneurs that are listening right now, kind of what is your thought on, on the pandemic and, and for, for this, for the entertainment industry? Yeah. So there's a couple of things I'd love to say about, and thank you, say about that. And thank you for the forum to do that. First of all, I want people to know who are, who might be arts workers. If you work anywhere you work in the, in the field, if it's film, television, film and television, especially, or theater, um, please reach out if you haven't already to the Actors Fund and it's just actorsfund.org. Um, they have, we raise money for them and they have money that, uh, you know, they've got, they're, they're giving out grants to sort of help arts workers through this time. And they don't care if you are, you know, the customer service person at Hulu, or if you're an actor or everything in between, like they're there as a resource. They're also, they also have the resources to help people shift their job focus for the, at least for the short, short term to get you employed and moving in a different direction. Also for those actors, especially, or union members who lost their insurance policies, um, which happened to like everybody, uh, they have resources to help get you hooked up with insurance in a different way. So then I will also say also the, uh, the uh, Will Rogers, um, it's a very long time, the Will, the Will Rogers Pioneers Foundation <laughs> does that as well, mostly for those in movie theaters. So if you are in a organization that has a venue and you were, um, furloughed or lost your your job due to the pandemic they are also there to help they're also there to help with grief services if you've had something happen through the pandemic so I will say that and then I will say that listen I I think the um having grace with ourselves is so important right now there is no work like I'm feeling panicked calls and emails of what can I do what should I do how can I be doing we are not in a position right now to it's not there. We have to be in person. Um, If you have extra energy, please call your representatives and tell them that arts workers really do need as an, and live venue workers really do need a very special um, source of aid that doesn't have us, you know, hopping through 5 million hoops or giving them financial statements for the last three years for some of our independent contractors and whatnot. Like we need a very special work. We're the first to be laid off. We will be the last back. Um, And I want you to know that if you feel scared and freaked out about that, it's okay. (laughs) Because it's hard. Those are hard things that are happening right now. And the more that we can take a deep breath and know it will come back, it will come back with a vengeance when we're all able to be together again, I do think that we will want to be together again. I do believe it will come back, but it's hard right now. And, and it's okay to say that. And I will definitely kind of list in the show notes, those, um, those organizations that you just mentioned for people to be able to, 
Um, and you kind of mentioned having kind of grace with ourselves during this time. And, you know, there are, there are ways to, I know you've had this message of, um, you know, positivity as well, grace and positivity. Can you share a little bit more about what, what you mean by that? What you mean about having grace about yourself and what do you mean about kind of looking at this time in a, in a way? You know, early on, we, Laura and I really noticed that, first of all, we had to relinquish control. Part of that may be my faith and realizing like, this is so far bigger above around me. Like I'm not not controlling the pandemic. So I'm just going to live in this time and try to be blessed with the things that I can be blessed with around me. And, you know, for, for us, we have, we've seen so many blessings. I have a special needs uh, kiddo and learning how he learns by remote schooling him has been life-changing for us on how to advocate him going for him going forward. And it's not been easy. I mean, let's be clear just because of a, it's a blessing doesn't mean it's fun, but it has been a blessing. And I think in terms of having grace for ourselves, you know, there are days where I literally want to like binge watch Bridgerton all day long. That's okay. I did, I did binge watch that show. So <laughs> I that's what... I'm, I binge watched it and then bought the book and that's okay. And there are, and then there are times that you, you know, we get a deadline from our manager on writing and we do hit it. And then there are times where, you know, you just got to go. I can't, I can't seem to focus after three o'clock today. I had, I got COVID this fall and was out for five and a half weeks. And man, I mean, there's just, there's just nothing that you can do. I mean, your whole body just goes like, nope. (laughs) And so I think really having grace for yourself and embracing the time, you know, we go so fast in this country and we are constantly sort of pushing, pushing, pushing and telling ourselves, gosh, if I only had some time, well, we just chose to love on the time. We chose to, you know, finish our feature and do some other things for sure that were very work intensive, but also just to sort of go, you want to write today? Nope. Okay. (laughs) You know, and then, and just try to have grace with ourselves through it. And, you know, some of the things that we know we are used to doing in that grace of like, oh, I'm going to go get a facial. I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to go on a vacation. Like all that stuff's been stripped from us. So the best thing you can do is spend some quality time with your journal and some Netflix and love on your family and, and make it all work. That's powerful. And I know you kind of mentioned a few things there. And one of the things that struck me is, you know, as a mom of a special needs um, child that you have had, you know, it's been tough and you've acknowledged that, which I think um, is really powerful. And then the piece that you kind of pulled out there of like how much knowledge you've gained for being able to better advocate. And that just really struck me as something that people maybe not, aren't really thinking about and not really noticing. And that's so powerful um, to hear that that has come out of this time. And that, well, and I think with moms in general, we, we're very hard on ourselves and our, and, and what we want our kids to do right now. And I really took the, the stance very early. And I know that I'm not the same as every mom. I know that some mamas really need those kids in school, but we really took the stance of we're going to remote school our kids and through this. And so that we're not doing the back and forth. Cause that was stressing me out more than just having them at home. And, uh, and we, but we really took, 
took the stance during this time of like, we're just going to get as small as possible. And, and, and the smaller you can be in your footprint at a time like this, the more you do have control over what's happening. And, and, um, and my kiddo was, I didn't even realize how much anxiety he was showing until he, it was gone you know, and, um, he's got a sensory integration disorder. So he's on the autism spectrum and his grades. I mean, I get, again, I know I'm, I'm probably in the minority, but he has, his grades have improved. He's happier. He hugs me in the middle of the day. He's 14. That says a lot. Like (laughs) it's a different world. And it really has made us look at high school differently and how we're going to proceed differently. And I'm so grateful for that because we would have never gotten it. And you mentioned there kind of the smaller footprint. And when you mean, when you're saying smaller footprint, are you saying like constraint or what do you mean by? I just mean that it's the four of us in this house and we hardly (laughs) ever leave it. So there's, you know, it's like for, for the folks who are like, who are still trying to get, you know, make that their kids are going to school. And, Mm. and again, like I get it, but every element you bring in is just a different complication right now with COVID because if, Mm. if your kid is in school and then someone else's kid, you know, has a contact and then the class shuts down and, you know, it's just sort of like, we just chose to sort of go like, boop, we're going to get small as a family and see what and 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 you know I wonder sometimes if we've killed off life that other people have had during this time of their kids going to school or going to certain things but for us it's felt very easy I have not felt like I was out of control and that was important for us and there's been a few times that you've talked about kind of this balance between you know, kind of controlling the controllable and like letting go of the things that you can't control. And such a theme in being an entrepreneur, such a theme in being a parent. And then you combine both of those things with the the pandemic. And it's like like, such a good reminder there of like, okay, can't control. Um, So I want to touch a little bit on your two businesses and for, um, you know, people who are listening who maybe are in the entertainment industry or they have always wanted to be in the entertainment industry and they're thinking, you know, it's too late for me. Or um, I'm just curious what you would say to them and, and how the Working Artist Group kind of supports those, either the people that have, you know, completely disconnected from it or need to um, kind of re-engage with it kind of what is your message there and who is right for kind of the services that you offer? Right. Well, I mean, so we definitely have an entire program for actors that we work with. Um, right now, I'm, I'll be honest, it's not happening because we just, we tried to do it on Zoom. We didn't love it. We decided it was too stressful for us to try to make something work that didn't feel really in, um, on integrity with us. So we hope to be coming back to that as, we, as things start to open up and everything. Um, but we are going to be bringing in some guest artists uh, in, in the coming months to do some Zoom stuff. Uh, mostly from the groundlings. So uh, one of them is actually would be great for female entrepreneurs because it's um, from my friend Ariane, who it's really just a class, an improv class for non-actors who really just want to understand as women how they can claim their voice. So, um, but 
so that's part of the piece of the puzzle. For those who are creators right now, there is a sort of what they're calling the content bonanza or the content renaissance. Um, because no one can, listen, we're all twiddling our thumbs freaking out, right? So people are buying content like crazy. And uh, so if you are a content creator and you are looking to um, have your, you know, have someone go through your script and I'm not really a, a, there are script consultants out there, but if you want somebody to go through and help you punch things up, and um, also for me, what my expertise in is to really underst understand how your pitch is going to be viewed uh, by the people you're pitching to and to strengthen your pitch. I actually am a mentor for uh, Series Fest uh, and, do, and I, I, I'm, the, I'm the head mentor for the person who uh, creates the program for their pitch-a-thon, which um, submissions are open right now till February and will also be a consulting mentor for South by Southwest this year. So um, it if you're into that space where you're trying to take this time to get your script in shape, get your pitch ready, all of that good stuff, we help with those services as well. Mostly what we really want our actors and our artists to know is that it's possible. It's this industry is possible. The possibilities are actually growing every day um, as you know, we don't need to be tied to New York and Los Angeles quite as uh, tightly any longer. And um it really just takes a plan and an understanding of the business because it is a business and they are there, even though it seems friendly and fun and the best time you've ever had in your life, everyone works harder than almost any other industry out there. I mean, they just are such hard workers and they, uh, and they need to make money. And as any of us know who, are, who have been amateur artists at any time, making money in entertainment is tough. People think if it's fun, they shouldn't have to pay you for it. So <laughs> we we really like teach people like how do you continue to message yourself as someone who is in the market as a professional? How do you market yourself? How do you take that next step up? How do you understand what film looks like so that you know how you fit in? Um, what does the landscape look like? What are they looking for? How can you be effective in the, in the market? So we, we sort of come on board and help again, help bridge that gap between your fantastic artistic selves and how that translate in the, translates to the actual business of entertainment. And for the, um, innovative the work, enterprise. yep. For the work you do with corporations and yeah. with businesses, is there a size of business that you're typically working with for those? And who is kind of the type of people that you want to work with in, in that area? Wow, we'll work with it. You know, we'll work with all kinds of, you know, we've had nonprofits. We work with Fortune 500 companies. Um, we have a lot of, we do a, have done a lot of work in the entertainment and pharmaceutical fields, oddly enough. Um, mostly the companies that we work with bring us in because they, they want, our trainings are fun. There's no PowerPoint. There's no staring at a laptop. There's none of it. And people are up and they're having to relate to one another right away. And because they are so experiential, people get the changes in their bodies and, and they walk out already implementing the work immediately. So it's a very fast implementation of the communication skills and they last. We, I, I just had somebody get in touch with me. She took a class years ago and said, we still yes and all the time. <laughs> 
And, and I, and we, and we always say for innovative improv, there's a lot of other improv and uh, applied improv companies out there who do team building. We don't really do team building. We really get in and do the nitty gritty of the communication training and how to relate better. How do we, how are we able to have conversations that might feel confrontational in other ways in other times, but now we have a, a, an ability to go in and really work in a different space in a way that's collaborative and can move us forward faster. So we are a bit different than your tip but we have just as much fun we are a bit different than a team building situation although we'll team build for you if you want I mean you know are you doing are you available right now like virtually during the pandemic will you do those types of events yeah yeah we have figured out a way to do it virtually and um we're we're very much looking forward to the time we can all get together and in the meantime we can do it virtually yeah. I know from my personal experience, I've taken the improv classes with you and it's, it's been super helpful for my um, legal career, for my on-camera Good. experience. All of the stuff I've done with you has been really yeah. helpful for my legal experience as well. So thank you. Yeah, um, thank you. And then my final question before we sign off is I ask everyone, what is the, what is your legacy? And that could be, what is the legacy you're creating or what you what you are hoping to create in the world you know I, I, you at you t- i know you mentioned this earlier and i was like okay i'm going to work this out in my brain um you know i think i think there's the legacy that you want to create and then probably what you're actually creating for me what i'd like to create are is a legacy of storytelling is this idea that everybody's story is important and that we can find ways to tell it and share it and that that it and and I mean I believe and I believe it to my core that we are built as human beings to witness and to be witnessed, and that is and the thing about what we do as storytellers is we're able to close that loop. We're able to tell a story that resonates so much with someone that they're able to have a feeling through our to us that maybe they were scared to touch on before, and so it, I think that whether it's helping people share their stories in business, helping actors be a part of someone else's story, being a creator and director myself and actually telling the stories, it all really does come down to a legacy of storytelling and honoring story and understanding that every one of us has the desire to be witnessed and to witness others. That's powerful, thank you. Yeah, I love that. Um, before we sign off, um, I felt that over here. So thank you. It did impact me (laughs) before we sign off when I say it, (laughs) before we sign off, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And I'll be sure to give all the links in your, in the show notes as well. Uh, well, you can check working artist group at out at workingartistgroup.com. Uh, we are about to launch a brand new site for innovative improv. So our old clunky site is up right now, but we will, <laughs> it'll be exchanged here as soon as we get our, our acts together to finish up some of the last little pieces of that. But that is innovativeimprov.com. Um, and my, my contact is all over both of those sites. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Hey mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
head over to my website, lawmother.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also be able to get access to my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children to protect them and have that peace of mind. It's all right there at lawmother.com.